Will the Denver Broncos tight end room receive a makeover in the 2024 NFL season? It could look entirely different or they could run some things back. We'll break it down and look at every option here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tight end here, tight end there, tight ends everywhere. Unfortunately, not for the Denver Broncos, as there's a lot of questions about the position going into this upcoming season. We'll break it all down on today's brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much, Broncos country. For tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day, even throughout the entire offseason. Because for the true fan, there's never an offseason. We have you covered with a team-building emphasis. We'll look at every side of the coin as it pertains to every storyline surrounding this team in the offseason as they prepare for 2024. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode, I mean, Sarah, we're really got, kind of diving into the outlook here at the tight end position. In order to look ahead, we got to look back and see what was the position overview from the 2023 NFL season and what did we learn from it and where might we gain clarity on the Broncos going forward. I think it's a very, very interesting conversation that we need to have here because there's uh, some interesting conversations that do need to be had surrounding several of the players that are on the roster. That's right. Starting with, I think, Greg Dulcich, who, of course, was the expected presumptive tight end one all offseason. Everyone was kind of surprised to see Adam Troutman listed as tight end one when the initial depth charts came out, just because, I mean, the talk had been Greg Dulcich. He's got the ability to be this joker guy and like the offseason hype train for Dulcich was going off the rails again. You heard great thing after great thing about just how he's practicing and things like that. But Unfortunately, dating back to June 2022, his first OTAs with the Broncos, Greg Dulcich has been dealing with hamstring issue after hamstring issue and just not being able to get it right. And unfortunately, we haven't seen that dynamic big play guy, the you know one of the top tight ends of the 2022 class. We haven't seen that guy able to consistently be out on the field and available. And I think the Broncos just kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit, Cody, by banking so much on Dulcich being that that one dynamic option at the position. And then you assemble the rest of the roster accordingly with guys who are blocking specialists, guys who are just a little bit more well-rounded, players that really didn't contribute nearly enough to the passing game. And that hole that Greg Dulcich left was, I mean, just maddeningly obvious all year long. I mean, it's like a blank space, you know, for being specific here about where things were at at the tight end position. He had a great OTAs. And then like for me, watching, watching him in training camp, he didn't have a great training camp though. That was, I think the surprising thing is he had drops. He had issues. As you mentioned, he wasn't running with the first team offense. And for all of us, that was like really weird to see because in OTAs, John Payton is like, Oh, like, you know, he could be the joker for us in this offense. Like he's very dynamic. He's got a unique skill set, And then you know, we see him a little bit in that first game against the Raiders. I thought he had, I think he had one catch where he went across the middle and had some speed to him and then obviously pulled up and then had a hamstring. And then they ran the same exact play to Adam Troutman. And you can just tell the difference in speed between Troutman on a third. I think it was third and 17, if I'm not mistaken. And a guy like Greg Dulcich and that's look, we all knew. And, and I think everybody knew going in, Adam Troutman's not going to be a guy who's going to beat you with his speed. But I think if, used the right way, Adam Trauma could be a reliable receiving option for you. He can be like, I don't want to say Owen Daniels, because Owen Daniels actually had some deceptive speed to him. 
but more so a guy that if you need six yards, right? If it's third and six, okay, hey, he's a big body guy. You can use his size, run a hitch, run a dig. I mean, do something different and post up against a smaller defender and then you can get a first down. Like we talked about it, the Broncos were one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of passing for a first down this season. And I, I can't help but wonder if Greg Dulcich was healthy would that have made a difference in terms of Denver picking up first downs in the passing game more consistently? I don't know, but Adam Troutman really was the only reliable option for them at the receiving position. And unfortunately they couldn't even use him enough. Like it was at one point where Lucas Kroll, who barely saw any action this season, I mean, immediately had like a 30 something yard catch and was the second leading tight end receiver here for the Broncos. And that was like at the end juncture of the season. I think that was against the Chargers on that road game where that became a reality. That is embarrassing. And Denver's contingency plans. Look, Chris Manhurts, a big body blocker, only had a couple of receptions, never had a lot of receptions anyways, coming into his seventh or eighth year in the NFL. And then they chose to go with Nate Atkins, who was inactive on a consistent portion of game days. And so for me, I feel like there were some puzzling personnel decisions for how the Broncos built their tight end room, especially when we go back and we have to rehash a sorry Broncos country. They let Albert Okuebunam go for you know Nate Adkins. And to me, I, I didn't know if that was the right move when Denver just didn't have a pass-catching tight end option. And unfortunately, with Dulcich being hurt, Denver could have used a guy like Alberto this season, contrary to some of the struggles he had that Broncos country wants to focus on. He could have helped them in an area they needed help in. He definitely could have. And he obviously didn't help the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he I think he had one target the whole season or two targets, something like that. So yeah. it was just a, not a mutually beneficial trade, I don't think, for really anybody in that instance. And so. I, I'm with you, Cody, on that. I just, I, and I don't know what that means about the position group going forward. I know that we're going to discuss that, but it just feels like the tight end group overall wasn't nearly good enough. Like, was Chris Manhurt such a great blocker in 2023 that the Broncos are like, yep, can't live without that guy going forward? Was Nate Adkins such an asset that the Broncos feel like, yep, can't live without that guy going forward? Or, or the same question for, Adam Troutman even. And I just think with the big question facing Greg Dulcich and his status, that could go a long way in determining what the team does at this position in 2024, which I know we're going to discuss. But it was just an ugly situation at this whole position group for 2023. I didn't like it. I know you didn't like it. We talked about it all year long. The Broncos not having a weapon. We saw, I mean, even with Russell Wilson's struggles in 2022, Cody, how different was it when Greg Dulcich was out there on the field for him. I mean, just immediately upon him getting onto the field against the Chargers in his rookie year, he was making an impact. And Russell was finding him, getting him the ball. And he was an outlet when when Russ was able to break the pocket and find somebody. Dulcich was there a lot of the time. And he's able to create after the catch. And we just didn't see that from anybody else until Troutman made a couple plays late in the year. And we kind of joked about it on the show because it was like seeing a lunar eclipse or, or like witnessing a Yeti out in the wild. I mean, and I'm, I say that I'm joking. I mean, Adam Troutman, much better athlete than I'll ever be, but look, that's the reality of the situation for the Broncos. Didn't have a big enough difference maker as a receiver at the position. Didn't have that dynamic option. Not every team needs a Travis Kelsey. Not every team needs a Mark Andrews, but man, if you could have somebody, you know, who could do a fraction of that, even a Noah fans, Cody, which teaser on that one even a Noah Fant would have been much better for the Broncos in 2023 than what they had so I think this is a position of emphasis in the 2024 offseason 
I agree with you. Heck, even having a guy like Isaiah Likely, just that, like if you lose a guy like a Mark Andrews, you have an Isaiah Likely. Like, and now those guys are going to have a little bit of a one-two punch in Baltimore, I think, going forward. So that's kind of exciting there if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan. But I agree with you. We'll see. Maybe see if Lucas Kroll can can be a big part of the plans here for Denver going forward at that position. You and I have said it. Denver cannot put all of their hopes and dreams into Greg Dulcich being healthy. He's going to have to prove it in 2024, and that's going to lead to a lot of different questions facing this position group specifically heading into the offseason. We'll break it all down here on today's episode of Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. Time to pull out your Lucky Charm jersey and order your favorite apps and snacks on DoorDash because it's football season again. You can order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just the buns on DoorDash, and you can get it all delivered without missing the game, especially the big game this weekend. Kick back at kickoff with unbeatable deals on everything that you need for the watch party or tailgate. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. You get all of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are all on the app, and so you can shop for everything that you need to get game day ready. Now, for me personally in the Denver area, one thing I always love to go to, as you all know, Illegal Pete's. I love protein bowls. I love protein burritos. Double pack it with chicken, with steak, a little bit of queso, and obviously the rice, or you put that into a bowl. That's what I get DoorDash to me with the DoorDash app. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCK23, once again, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCKED, 23 subject to change terms apply today's lockdown broncos is also brought to you by our friends over there at ebay motors passion drive and patience it's what brings home the winning trophy and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors they have you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Can the Denver Broncos rely on Greg Dulcich in 2024? And who ultimately is going to be coming back to play the tight end position if if this group is going to be reunited in 2024? We're going to be fascinated to see how Sean Payton and George Payton assemble this roster all offseason. And of course, we've been discussing position by position, looking at the offensive side of the ball the last handful of days. And we can't say enough how much we appreciate you, Broncos country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day right here on the lockdown podcast network where it's free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as we want to give a shout out to all of those of you that watch on youtube especially if you subscribe to the channel you you jump in the comment section and engage with us and other members of broncos country it means the world and we're so grateful that we get to do this together all off season long the first and most important question for the tight end position in 2024 for the Denver Broncos, Cody, I think it's got to be, can you rely on Greg Dulcich? And I think the the short answer to this question is, is obvious, but it's the, it's the follow-up to the answer to that question that I think we need to discuss. So 
Let's talk about it. Can the Broncos rely on Greg Dulcich in 2024? The answer is no. As much as we would like to say yes, right, and how great it would be if we could say yes, history and so far what we have seen has said no. You cannot rely on it. That doesn't mean that you can't grow to rely on him if he stays healthy. And I think that's a very important distinction to make here. But that does influence, okay, hey, if you've already figured out, like, hey, like we like Greg Dulcich so much as a player, he's talented, he can help us. But because he's been unable to stay healthy, we can't rely that he's going to be healthy. So we need to have a plan in place in the contingency, in the event something like that were to happen. And I and I think that's where things are at for Denver right now in terms of offseason discussion. And, and to be honest with you, sir, I think it opens up a lot of doors here. Like, what is the tight end room going to look like? We already know Adam Troutman set to become a free agent. Denver traded for him last year in the back end of the draft. And seems like Sean Payton would like him back. And I don't think he's going to command a ton of money here. But then you also have Lucas Kroll, who we had talked about as well, who I think he's got an exciting skill set. He's one of the tallest players on the team. He's one of the fastest players on the team. He's very athletic. And we saw bits and pieces of what he could do. So maybe, just maybe, like if you're Sean Payton, like if you're hoping that Greg Dulcich can stay healthy, it's a strategy, right? But if he's not, you need to figure out a way. Can you make Lucas Kroll or Jaleel McLaughlin, your joker guys in this offense. And I think Lucas has the skill set to be able to do it. And I think that's why Sean has pushed for him. We would have liked to see him a little bit sooner last season. But I think right now, Lucas Kroll probably might be the, the top option here for the Broncos offense at tight end. And that is interesting because he's relatively an unknown here. You see his skill set. You see his potential. But in terms of sample size and proven ability, Right now, it's a it's a question mark. So to me, it's a gamble. And Denver, in my opinion, has to invest in tight end this offseason. Yeah, and let's let's just quickly touch on this: the fact that the tight end position for Sean Payton has been massively important. If you want to go all the way back to when he was an assistant with the New York Giants, and they use a first round pick on Jeremy Shockey, who, by the way, Sean Payton then brought to New Orleans with him at one point, or when he was an assistant with the Cowboys. They use a third-round pick on Jason Witten, who becomes the most reliable option in that offense. Then you get to the New Orleans Saints, where, of course, he's bringing in Shockey, and then later down the line, he finds Jimmy Graham, and he's a focal point of the entire offense, and then he he gets Jared Cook in the building. And you have just you look at Sean Payton's offenses, and the best ones, which were pretty much all of them, they were all pretty much top 10 offenses, weren't they? I mean, he's got stud tight end after stud tight end after stud tight end. The Broncos do not have that. And, and that's what we hope Greg Dulcich can be. But it's it just goes to show and the emphasis on how important this position group is to Sean Payton's offense having that sustained success. He values it incredibly highly. I mean, even Dan Campbell, that was one of Sean Payton's before he was Sean Payton's assistant coach, he was a third round draft pick at the tight end position for the Dallas Cowboys. And then he went with him to the giants. He went with him to the saints. All Sean Payton covets great players at this position, Cody. He really does. And I think fans, we got to know that we got to understand that because the question that I have, do you prioritize this position in the draft or free agency, meaning one or the other, I think we could say yes, and that could be for either, right? You've got to prioritize this position one way or the other. Or it could be both. Like you could see them get a guy in free agency. You could see them get a guy in, in NFL in the NFL draft and maybe one of the mid to later rounds. I I haven't done a lot of background so far on the tight ends in this year's NFL draft outside of we already know Brock Bauer is going to be the top dog that everyone's going to have their eye on. But I, I know Broncos country wants Brock Bowers, man. He'd be an exciting addition, but 
in terms of where Denver is at right now, if they don't have their quarterback, that is not probably the position they should go with 12th overall in this year's NFL draft. Are there some other guys that maybe they could take a look at? That's where I think this conversation has to go is like, what is Sean looking for? And I think for him coming into the head coaching situation last February, looking at the roster, doing the analysis, I, I think with Denver's limited assets that they already had going into the NFL draft and knowing that, hey, like for Sean, he said, we need to get the offensive line better. We need to get a guard. We need to get a tackle. They went out and they did that. So they couldn't go out there and get another tight end. And they also thought, okay, hey, Greg Dulcich had a really good prom, you know, end to the season last year, even though he didn't get to finish the last few games due to the hamstring injury because of the Christmas Day game against the Rams. What you see from Dulcich on tape when he was playing was really good. Okay, we have confidence in, in maybe what he can do there. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to get Troutman. I'm going to get another reliable guy that I trust. I'm going to get Manhurts, another guy that I trust. Where he's always said when it comes to Troutman and Manhurts, he says, you know what you're getting with these guys from a game planning standpoint. You don't have to worry. But that's not good enough if there's not a lot of production from that position in the passing game. So now I think with a full offseason, now under Sean's belt, as they prepare for the first wave, second wave of free agency, the Russell Wilson contract decision coming up, if they release him, what's that going to look like? Could another team sign him? And could that help Denver in the salary cap contract restructures of other players and positions? There's so much going on right now with this team that we'll have to figure out. But I do think that Sean will have a better plan invested into the tight end position this offseason as it pertains to free agency or the NFL draft. I mean, you have to at this point. And I just don't know based on the offense too, because we've even talked about with Sean, he's facing really big questions about how can he make the offense better? How can he improve as a play caller? You and I've talked about it on the show. So much of Denver's route concepts with the receivers and the tight ends have been long developing type of route concepts to scheme a guy open. But the reality is Denver never really had the time for a quarterback to sit there and to be able to let that develop and come free open. Like it's great on air. I watched it every Friday at the Pat Bowling Fieldhouse. I'd watch them work on their route concepts and man, it looks pretty against air. But when you have pressure in your face and you've got different circumstances going on and they're taking too long to develop, it is an issue from a play calling standpoint. So I think this is where Peyton in some reflection, how can he be better as a play caller? But more importantly, how can he be better at utilizing a position that unfortunately Denver didn't get enough out of? Like you and I talked about this as well. Portland Sutton was the top dog in terms of Denver, in terms of targets this past season. And then it was Samaj P. Ryan, right? So you're telling me that a running back had more inherent value in the passing game for Sean Payton than a tight end or the tight end position itself in terms of targets and looks. To me, that is one-dimensional, and that's what will keep you losing football games. And I don't know if Sean believed that this is our situation. We don't have it good right now, so we just have to deal with what we have. But that's going to have to change here this upcoming year. It is. And as you're talking about that, Cody, I kind of think of this question in my head. Like, is there a cart before the horse situation with the Broncos this offseason. Like, like, can they go wrong by either, okay, we got to get the quarterback situation figured out first and foremost, so we can't really make moves until we know who's going to be our quarterback. Or do they set this thing up with the best possible personnel to surround a quarterback and then say, all right, we feel like we've got the pieces everywhere else. Now let's find the missing piece. I almost wonder if that's the right way to go as we talk about you know, the idea of Brock Bowers in round one, it's like Sean Payton has had success with guys like Drew Brees, maybe an unpopular guy early on in his career with the Saints because of all the injuries and inconsistent Chargers didn't want him. They drafted Philip Rivers and they got him out of town as quickly as they could. Then guys like Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater come along later. And I'm sure Saints fans, Cody, were wondering, like, 
why the heck is Sean Payton going with Jameis Winston week one of the season? I mean, this is a guy who threw 30 interceptions for a rival team, and we're going to put him as our starter. I just wonder if Sean Payton believes, like, if I can put the pieces in place at the skill positions, I can make almost any quarterback succeed within my offensive scheme. And therefore, do the Broncos, is it a bit more attractive for them to say, let's invest at tight end. Let's invest at, as we've talked about earlier this week, wide receiver, running back, other areas. Let's invest there and then see if what, what we can do with whatever quarterback, whether it is Jameis Winston, or if we go out and yeah, I don't know who they get X, Y, or Z yeah. that quarterback's <laughs> going to have success because, because we have put the right pieces in place at the skill positions and that's going to make him look that much better. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, we, we talk so much, like I think a quarterback is important to have, but also the pieces around the quarterback are equally as important as that. Now I think you can make do and you can have a guy who can come in and elevate positions that maybe where guys aren't necessarily the best players, right? We've seen it. Peyton Manning's done it over the course of his career with guys that didn't really have high expectations. He's turned guys into really good players, but you also need some guys around, like, especially if you're going to go with a young guy or if you're going to go with a veteran guy, like you need security blankets, you need guys that you can trust. And I just felt like Denver didn't have enough of that last year with who they had personnel wise on offense. But that sets up our next question here about the tight end position Broncos country. What is the outlook here in 2024, including a couple of free free agent option names that we could throw out there that could be realistic scenarios for Denver to take a look at. You're going to get that here. Today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. One thing I love the most about Super Bowl Sunday, not only do I love the commercials, I love the game action, but I also like the opportunity to win a little bit of extra money, and that's where I get involved with FanDuel. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two, or three, not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown. How many points will be scored when the Chiefs take on the San Francisco 49ers? Will Christian McCaffrey be an anytime touchdown scorer? You can get in on the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. And new customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Once again, if you're a new customer and you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if you place a $5 bet and it wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we'll take a look at some of the options for Denver. What should they do going into 2024 as it pertains to tight end personnel and decision-making. Want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get Lockdown Broncos for free on YouTube, or you can get us wherever you get your podcast for free every single day all year long. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for the amazing community that you have built here with this show. We value your perspectives. We value you engaging and interacting with other members of Broncos country. Thanks for making the show exactly what it is. Let's take a look at the outlook here at the tight end position in 2024. Sarah, you and I have both touched on it. I'm not against them looking at adding a guy in the second wave of free agency or even even adding on top of that somebody in the NFL draft. I think Denver's tight end room needs a big boost, and they have a guy like Lucas Kroll, who I think will be a big part of what they want to do this year. But I think you need to add a couple of pieces to complement what he does well, if, especially if they don't bring back Adam Troutman. In your opinion, what outlook do you have here at tight end? What do you think that they should do here going forward? 
Well, I think they need to really raise the floor in the passing game at the tight end position. And I'm not talking about guys that need to stay in and block because you're struggling with Max Crosby off the edge. You know, I'm talking about guys that can actually be assets in the passing game. And luckily, going into free agency, the class already looks like it's loaded with guys that can help in that way. And that's before we even get into the roster cuts that could happen all across the league. So keep that in mind, as we've already talked about how deep this free agency class is at a variety of positions, man, it's going to get even better as teams start cutting guys and, and those guys become available to the Broncos. But look, I think I think you do consider bringing back Troutman on, on a one to two year deal. I think you do hold out a little bit of hope for Dulcich, but you have kind of a bit of a fail safe, a bit of insurance with Lucas Kroll, like you mentioned. I just, I can't get past the idea of, you know, passing on free agency altogether. Like Noah Fant is out there, Cody. He, I, I know he was really upset to leave Denver in the first mm -hmm. place. And I know that because I, I talked to his sister back when the trade originally happened. They, he's from Omaha where I'm from. So I, his sister was like, we all were upset about it. You know, he didn't want to leave Denver. He wanted to stay. And, and so can you bring him back? What about Harrison Bryant, whose role has been completely shot there in Cleveland with David Njoku really stepping up and becoming a stud for them at tight end? I mean, guys like Mike Gesicki, he's out there. I mean, there's there's lots of pass catching options in free agency. Gerald Everett has some familiar with Joe, familiarity with Joe Lombardi from their time together in Los Angeles. So I'm interested, Cody, by a lot of these options, and I don't understand why the Broncos would pass on, I mean, just signing at least one. Is Jimmy Graham a free agent after this year, too? I believe he is. I believe he All is. Right. You know, shout out to our friend Ross Jackson of the Lockdown Saints podcast, who often at times this past season called him Himmy Grant instead of Jimmy Himmy. Grant. There obviously some former familiarity. I'm looking at it right now, according to our friends at Spot Track. He is an unrestricted free agent. There's not really an estimated market value for him. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he signed a one-year, $1.3 million contract with the Saints. So if you're telling me you can get an option like a Jimmy Graham, who's not going to have like a big, big workload for you, but is a guy that can still be effective in the red zone for you, where Sean Payton himself has said we were terrible in the red zone, goal-to-go situations, one-year, $1.3 million contract, Jimmy would probably sign for that as well to reunite with a guy like Sean Payton here coming forward. I think... That even might be an option to take a look at here for the Broncos. I, I'm with you, Sarah. You cannot pass up on the opportunity to improve that room, right? Because I think when we look all across the board on the offense, we, we've we made our arguments about wide receiver, right? Running back, I think we feel very confident about where Denver's at. And even if Florida, maybe Denver could push one guy out and upgrade by adding somebody in free agency themselves. But realistically, tight end is the only position right now on the Broncos offense where I feel like you don't have a lot of comfort and I don't have a lot of comfort in that either because it's like, all right, if this guy gets hurt, what do you have? And we realized that with Greg Dosage, Greg Dosage got hurt and then they had man hurts and Troutman. I mean, Denver would go 12 and 13 personnel quite a bit. And even with those injuries, we didn't see a lot of Nate Adkins who was brought in specifically, who had a really good uh, training camp, had a really good preseason but didn't have any impact for the team in the regular season. That to me, I think speaks to a little bit of a bigger issue has maybe the, did the Broncos did Peyton maybe overvalue his personnel here this past offseason? And is he learning anything from it going into this offseason? I think it's a very important question to ask here going forward. But I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to any of those names that you've thrown out there. I, I even like the fact that you mentioned Noah Fan. Look, I think Broncos fans are going to have their own perspectives, right? Anytime you bring up Noah Fan or Drew Locke, 
it seems like a very angry topic in Broncos country, but Noah Fant is a guy that has a skill set that Denver would absolutely use. And I thought he had really good success in Seattle. He made some big downfield plays from we talk about actually utilizing him in a way where it's yards after the catch. I mean, you're telling me. But then again, with what we've seen with the Broncos and Marvin Mims, you might see if Noah Fan is back, you might see them try to bring back the tight end jet sweep, which please get that out of the playbook. No more sweeps or reverses like that. I think Noah Fant would be a really good option. Obviously, you mentioned that you know he didn't want to leave Denver. Fortunately, it's the business side of things. And now you have a new coach in Sean Payton. It's different. You know, you still have George Payton around, and George didn't obviously. I think I don't think George wanted to part ways with Noah Fant either, but they needed to make that move to try to upgrade the quarterback position, which we know in hindsight didn't work out for them going forward. I'm with you. I agree with what Denver should do here at tight end. Invest in the offseason. Invest in free agency and the NFL draft. See if you can find a guy that really just stands out that you love. Like, And, and it kind of goes to our conversation here about quarterback. I, I think the same thing applies in just any position in free agency or the draft. Sarah, if you have questions or you're not sure about a guy, don't reach, right? Don't reach. You don't have to do it. But if you if a guy that you like is available and you've done all the background, you've done all the groundwork to figure out who he is, what type of fit he can be, and you're confident that player can contribute, take the take the chance. Like that's when you do it. But if you don't feel confident about it, don't take the risk. Exactly. I mean, and the, you have to have conviction about your playmakers going forward. Because right now, we we saw Sean Payton take year one in Denver to not just evaluate the personnel that was there. We saw him bring a few of his his pals along with him from his days with the New Orleans Saints. But at the same time, now I think you've said, okay, we had a year to evaluate the personnel that was carried over from previous regimes, and now we're going to have an opportunity to really set the table and establish like. Sean Payton ate what somebody else cooked in 2023. Now he's going to be making and preparing the dish in 2024, right? Mm, that's that's the now. different aspect of how we have to look at this roster building going forward. So, yeah, he brought in a few of his friends. He also got an opportunity to evaluate what was there. Now we're going to see Sean Payton put his stamp on the the personnel at the skill positions going forward in Denver. And I think that's really exciting to me, Cody, personally, that to me is exciting because then I feel like now things are going to start coming together the way that he and his coaching staff really want them to now that they've had a year to kind of evaluate what's all going on. What do you think Broncos country? What should the team do in 2024? The outlook at the tight end position, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, drop it down below. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, get in the conversation on social media at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Bettinger at Locked on Broncos. We want to hear from you. But that'll wrap up today's episode of the show. Broncos Country, we continue to review every position and take a look at the outlook and the forecast for every position on offense and defense here in the coming days and weeks on Locked on Broncos. Our next episode of the show, we're going to focus on the offensive tackle position. Will Garrett Bulls be back in Denver here in 2024? We'll break all that down on the next episode, Locked on Broncos.